0: Yeah, well, I mean, you have a lot of regard for the player, first and foremost. I think when you deal with an agent, sometimes you're able to speak, you know, very freely, um, you know, position yourself a certain way. You have different arguments that you can use that maybe you wouldn't say to a player. Or, you know, so I think that's part of it. Um, There's a lot of respect, tremendous respect, because I'm with a player like Lamar, a player like Roquan Smith, who also represented himself every day. You see the commitment. You understand where they're coming from. Um, So it's definitely a a different dynamic. It can be challenging, but uh, it's doable, as we've proven, and we continue to be optimistic about it.
1: Doable with some players, not doable with others. The Ravens got it done with Roquan Smith, who represented himself. Haven't been able to get it done, obviously, with Lamar Jackson. It's one of the biggest stories that continues to percolate throughout the NFL, and it went to another level on Thursday. We're going to talk about that and many other things today. It's PFT Live. Peter King, Mike Florio here on Peacock, Sirius XM85, Sky Sports Action, not Sky Sports, NFL in the offseason, and podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Good morning, Peter. Welcome back. Mike, great to be here. It's... uh... It's amazing that, you know, about 2 or 3 o'clock yesterday, you're wondering, well, Lee, let's see, what will there be to talk about tomorrow? And then the Lamar thing blows up, and the story that I think is going to have reverberations at the NFL meetings in Phoenix starting on Sunday is what is and what isn't included in the playing rules proposals that uh, the NFL put out very late on Thursday. So we're, we are going to discuss that. You're right. And Mike, as you may guess, I've got some pretty strong opinions on one of them. Oh, 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 I, I'm aware we've
1: opinionated on them in the past. And it was strange. The NFL dropped the team originated proposals. Late afternoon on the opening day of free agency when all the deals were being done and there was a lot of frustration and consternation among the PFT writers like, why the hell are they doing it now? Well, those aren't the competition committee proposals. They really didn't want us to focus much on those. Those aren't backed by the league. The ones backed by the league or not backed by the league came out yesterday and we'll talk about that coming up. But I want to start with Lamar Jackson just because it has been such a major focal point for the NFL. We've been following the story for a while now. He has insisted on representing himself since entering the league in 2018. Still has no agent. It's become a point of pride. It's become an issue of stubbornness. He doesn't want to acknowledge that he should have had an agent in the past. So if you hire one now, you implicitly acknowledge that maybe you should have had one. And as it turns out, And this is something that we reported at PFT on Wednesday. There was somebody who's been calling the teams to try to basically beat the bushes, to get teams to come to the table, to get teams to negotiate with Lamar Jackson, potentially signing him to an offer sheet. It was funny, Peter, when I reported that the other day, and I added that this individual is telling teams, one, Lamar doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract, even though he has wanted one throughout his negotiations with the Ravens. And two, this person is telling teams that Lamar Jackson's ready to move on from the Ravens. Ravens fans lost their minds at that suggestion. Well, what do you think the guy's saying? What do you think the guy's saying? He wants to stay in Baltimore. I'm just calling to check in. You don't know me. I don't know you. Hello. Hey, would you sign Lamar to an offer sheet that the Ravens can match so he can stay with the Ravens? He wants to stay with the Ravens. I mean, this is a tangible sign that he's exploring his options. So... Yesterday comes the news that the league, as they did with Roquan Smith, when St. Omni, the notorious St. Omni, was calling teams to try to arrange a trade out of Chicago for Roquan Smith, the NFL sent a memo then saying, you can't talk to somebody who isn't certified by the NFLPA. You can only talk to the player if he doesn't have an NFLPA certified agent. Same thing happened yesterday with a gentleman named Ken Francis, a business partner of Lamar Jackson's who, as the memo said, may be, I think the truth is, is, I know the truth is, is, I don't know why they opted for a softer formulation, but the NFLPA is informed as a person by the name of Ken Francis, not an NFLPA certified agent, may be contacting clubs and attempting to persuade personnel to enter into negotiations with or concerning Lamar Jackson. Bottom line is, thou shalt not talk to anyone who isn't certified by the NFLPA. You can only talk to the player. So, Peter, look, I still don't know why I just won't go hire an agent. Again, at this point, I believe it's stubbornness. And it just further complicates a strange and bizarre story for a guy who should have his long-term contract by now, and I think would if he just would have hired an agent at some point in the past couple of
2: years. You know, Mike, there's a couple of things that this tells me. Number one... Uh, if indeed Ken Francis is contacting teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson, which is alleged in this uh, uh, document and in this press release, it basically confirms everything that you and about nine thousand other people have been saying in the media, in the league, everywhere—that it's totally pennywise and pound foolish. To not have an agent. But we know that. Everybody knows that. That's very old news. The fact is that Lamar Jackson, when I first saw this, Mike, and when I first heard about it on Wednesday, when I first heard about this, I said, okay, it has now been one week. And now, actually, it's been nine days that Lamar Jackson does not have an offer, nor apparently... Is he deep in conversation with any team about giving him an offer? And you know, you can round up the usual suspects and you can say, okay, will Team X, will the whatever, Tennessee Titans, Washington Commanders, what whoever whoever it is, will they make an offer? And it's clear to me that there are no offers, at least as of now. We are nine days into the process. And you would think that if there was a crowd of teams, or even one team, because that's the famous saying around the NFL, it only takes one team to sign a guy to a free agent contract. It only takes one team to blow up the market. The Cleveland Browns, they blew up the market. Would any of the other suitors for Deshaun Watson have offered Watson a fully- guaranteed contract that the Cleveland Browns did. No, they would have offered him a generous contract, but fully guaranteed, absolutely not. But it only takes one. And now here we are, nine days into the process, and it is clear that it must be a little bit of a slap in the face to Lamar Jackson that no team is coming after him aggressively. Thus, whatever happened with Ken Francis, and we don't know exactly what happened with Ken Francis, but whatever happened with him in sort of urging teams, if indeed that's what he did, which obviously has been alleged now. And Mike, the one other thing I thought of, and I think this is pretty interesting, that if the NFLPA has very quietly been helping Lamar Jackson over the last couple of years... Very quietly, which we've all heard, obviously, been giving him advice and uh, allowing him to talk to people in the NFLPA organization about whatever negotiating strategies, whatever it would be. How do you think the NFLPA feels right now that they have had to basically pursue uh A, I guess you'd call it a little slap on the wrist to Lamar Jackson for whatever Ken Francis has been doing. So I think what I am thinking now, nine days into this process, no offer sheet, I'm thinking that there has to be desperation uh, beginning to creep into Lamar Jackson. He denied... Aggressively, as he usually does. There have
1: been various things reported about Lamar Jackson and his pursuit of a new contract, his refusal to have an agent. It's been reported, and he takes to Twitter and he denies it, and everybody just believes his denial without scrutiny, without disagreement. The fans run with it. If Lamar says it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Well, Peter, you've been charitable in using the term alleged. I'm willing to trust my multiple sources on this. It's not alleged. It's happening. It happened. It may not be happening now, but it definitely happened. And I think that I don't know this, but I would guess that maybe the maybe in the memo to the teams was an effort to tiptoe around the NFLPA a little bit to try to soften whatever blow there is to Lamar Jackson's overall image from this. And I really believe that the denial comes from because like why would you deny it why who cares it's you did it oh i didn't know i didn't know he couldn't do it okay fine we move forward number one he's so committed to doing this by himself he doesn't want to ever have it look like anyone is helping him other than maybe his mother which has been documented i don't think anybody has issued a strong denial of that over the years but that may be one reason to deny it. number two the nflpa point that you made the nflpa is helping him And he's trying to do some sort of end run or circumvent whatever the union is doing. And he doesn't want to make the union mad at him. So that's a reason to deny it. And the other one that just dawned on me as you were speaking, it's embarrassing. Flat out. Embarrassing to him that even with someone out there actively trying, it's one thing if he's just sitting back and nobody calls. There's no conduit for communication. Someone is actively trying to get teams to talk, and they refuse to talk. That's an embarrassment to Lamar Jackson. Now, it's more complicated than just, oh, we don't want this guy. I think there are teams that would want the guy. But there are a stew, and Sims and I were talking about this the other day, a stew of factors causing teams to stay away from Lamar Jackson at this point. Maybe they will make a run after the draft, maybe, when it's 2024 and 2025 First round picks, it would be in play. If you sign him to an offer sheet, the Ravens don't match. But Peter, I continue to believe the biggest issue here is teams wonder, if not believe, if not are convinced that if you sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet, the Ravens are probably going to match it.
2: I think so too. But but it won't be matched if it's Five years, $250 million, guaranteed, fully. So you know going into it, right? So that's one of the reasons, that really is one of the reasons why um, I think most people who try to analyze this thing, seeing both sides, Mike, I don't get how anybody could say that It's bizarre or strange or it's some muscle flexing by NFL owners to keep players down. What's so incredulous to anybody that a guy who has started and finished one game in December and January of the last two seasons combined that you wouldn't want to fully guarantee his contract? I I don't understand what what is not understood about that because it's clear that the reason that if Lamar Jackson were as healthy as a, as let's say Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or, or, or whoever, many quarterbacks who, you know, have had very limited uh, injury histories. I believe somebody would give him a fully guaranteed contract and it might be Baltimore. I mean, I kind of doubt it would be Baltimore, but I do believe that he'd be getting what he wanted if he didn't have the injury history. And that's just the way it is. And I just don't think that's going to change. Well, I do
1: believe that one of the factors, and again, I'm convinced there's now a stew of different reasons why teams aren't pursuing him. One of the factors is the blowback last year to the Deshaun Watson deal and this vague sense that owners just don't want to go down that path we saw and Peter I don't know if you read this it was the item posted last week by DeMora Smith the NFLPA executive director in which he tried to link this moment in time to what happened in basketball back in the early 80s Larry Bird gets a fully guaranteed contract that opens the floodgates they're trying to open the floodgates and frankly that's where the NFLPA and Lamar Jackson's interests may not be completely aligned If the NFLPA is trying to use Lamar Jackson as the device for getting fully guaranteed contracts for all franchise quarterbacks and presumably eventually for all players, and Lamar Jackson is missing out on an opportunity to get a damn good contract that isn't fully guaranteed, that is a conflict of interest. That is an area where the agendas and objectives diverge between Lamar Jackson and And the NFLPA. And maybe that's why he had Ken Francis making these calls. Because, Peter, it was the one lone random voice that popped up three or four weeks ago when Stephen A. Smith said he spoke to someone from Lamar's camp who said he's never asked for a fully guaranteed contract. Now, that's just false. That's just false. And I'll call it false when I believe it's false and it's false. But but I believe Ken Francis has been telling people including Stephen A. Smith, if I had to guess, he'd be the one who told him that. Ken Francis has been saying he doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract. Now, it's a matter of semantics, because if I had to guess, I'd say what Ken Francis is saying is he only wants $200 million fully guaranteed, and everything above that can be non-guaranteed. It's still a significant and major amount requiring escrow payments, etc., for a team that would actually sign him. But again, that resistance we saw last year, that cold shoulder that the Browns claim they didn't get, but we all kind of believe they got at the league meetings after they did the five-year 200. Oh, they
2: got it. All right. That's just one of the
1: factors. (laughs) So that, so, so again, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that is the primary or sole reason. I think it's just one of the various factors we, you know, we don't want to start down this path if it's going to be a gigantic guarantee that's going to require this escrow payment because of an outdated funding rule aimed at protecting players against insolvent teams years ago. It's now being used as a weapon against players who want fully guaranteed contracts because, oh, we don't want to put $170 million into escrow in order to comply with this outdated rule. It's the Ravens may match. It's we're just having a hard time negotiating with them. It's we don't want to be in the Ravens' shoes in the future where we see the issues they've had negotiating with this guy without an agent, we don't want to be in that situation. If we want to extend his contract, revise his contract, if we want to do any business with this guy, we can't do it because we've witnessed the Ravens' inability to do it. So I think it's a lot of factors. The injuries, there's a lot of things that go into this. And even though Ken
2: Francis is and, tried, and Mike, and Mike. he hasn't been able to get anyone's attention. Mike, I, I also want to add this. So... Who really in in all of football have been um, Joe Douglas's mentors? Okay, Ozzie Newsome, Eric DeCosta certainly have been two very prominent ones. Joe Douglas, GM of the Jets, used to be uh, one of the lead scouts for the Ravens. In fact, he was one of two guys who basically led the Ravens in 2008 to Joe Flacco. And, you know, obviously that paid off handsomely for the Ravens a few years later with the Super Bowl. So J- Joe Douglas is highly regarded inside the Ravens building, and Joe Douglas has an excellent relationship with both Ozzie Newsom and probably particularly Eric DaCosta, the GM. And so I, I, I as soon as everybody started saying, me also, that, you know, hey, the Jets should be going after Lamar, and, you know, it might be that they should be going after Lamar because that might not be a one-year Band-Aid on their quarterback problem as we don't have any idea right now, today, this moment, if Aaron Rodgers will play in in 2024. But that is part of the problem. Joe Douglas is has to be thinking to himself, if they can't get a deal done, how could we? You no, know, I, I agree. Completely,
1: and look, there are factors and complications in trying to do an offer sheet with Lamar Jackson. You need a certain amount of cap space in order to do something with significant guarantees. You have to get that together. It has to be in place for the entire time that the Ravens have to match five business days. The Ravens already have thirty two point four million sitting aside for Lamar Jackson anyway under the non exclusive franchise tag, so they 're in a position they 've been. Occasions in the past where a team hasn't been in a great position to match. If someone would swoop in with an offer sheet, specifically calculated to get the team to not match or to not be able to match. The Ravens, for the most part, are able to match. And most teams out there don't currently have the cap space. They'd have to go out and create it, and then they'd have to make their move. And Peter, a point I made this week, too, for some of the teams out there that in theory you would say, well, Lamar Jackson is better than the guy we have. The pursuit via an offer sheet would be so open and obvious that it potentially creates problems for you going forward. If the Lions would put together an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson and not get him, then they have a problem with Jared Goff. The Vikings have been one of the teams mentioned in this conversation. Well, the only way you even get to the point where you can make the offer sheet to Lamar Jackson is you got to get rid of Kirk Cousins. So you get rid of Kirk Cousins. You make a, a Lamar Jackson offer sheet. The Ravens match it. And Nick Mullins is your starting quarterback. I, it's I, So there, there are just many reasons why teams are shying away. I think there's a chance after the draft, depending upon who addresses their quarterback position and who doesn't, for someone to maybe think about it. But even then, you got to worry about the Ravens matching the offer. And through it all, Lamar will wait. And now here's the question, Peter. Here's the question I have. Will he finally hire an agent? Because he's basically in checkmate. As it relates to not hiring an agent, because if he's going to get this done, he's got to do it himself. Now, Now, look, there are ways that you can still have somebody working in the shadows for you. And I believe it happens with other players. I think dummy email accounts are used to negotiate with teams where someone is pretending to be the player and they're not actually the player. It's somebody who isn't certified by the NFLPA who is working for the player. There are ways to do it. But at a certain point, the easiest thing to do is just throw your hands in the air and say, I'll hire an agent. And I was talking to somebody last night. There's a way he can do it, and we would never know, if the NFLPA would cooperate. It was explained to me last night that he could hire an agent, and he could tell that agent, I don't want to sign the standard representation agreement, which is the document that is signed all the time between player and agent. It gets filed with the union. It becomes public then that this is the person who represents the player. There's no secret involved. But if the player doesn't want to sign the SRA and the agent communicates that in writing to the league, not the league, but the union, that the player has chosen not to sign the agreement, but the player still wants me to represent him. And if the union goes along with it and keeps it quiet, there is a way it can happen. Now, Good luck as a practical matter keeping any of the thousands of people who are covering the NFL on a regular basis from finding out. That would be the challenge. But there is a way if if he's motivated by not looking like he gave in to everyone saying you should get an agent, there is a way he can hire an agent and at least try to keep it secret. I doubt he'll be able to but there's at least a path. If he finally has decided this is the only way I'm ever going to get out of this maze that leads me to the contract that I earned in the second year of my career and had been trying since the third season of my career ended to get this reward from the Ravens or from somebody.
2: Yeah, Mike, I, I think anything is possible now, any, any, face-saving measure is clearly possible now. But, I, I, you know, when I was at the scouting combine, I remember we were sitting around um, me and, and a few other people in the media talking about this, um, having a coffee one morning, and I just said, you know, the other thing that an agent does, a good agent can frankly tell a player, you're full of crap. And not all agents have that relationship with their player. So I wonder, even if an agent does come in and and secretly or, or unsecretly begins to try to drum up business for Lamar Jackson, is someone who Lamar Jackson doesn't know going to be able to walk into his house in Florida and say, all right, Lamar, I don't know you. We've never met before. And I'm going to tell you what I think. This is a stupid proposition to go for a fully guaranteed contract. And here's why. And here's, in my opinion, what you should be aiming for. So let's aim for this. And 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 my point is that and again, obviously, he's not going to say this is stupid. But he is going to get the point across that you're not going to get a fully guaranteed contract. So let's, let's figure out what is logical and plausible that we can get and work on it from there. And Mike, I don't mean to say, hey, look at me. But I do want to revive something that I wrote a couple of weeks ago. And it, to me, it's the only sensible way to solve this, with agent, without agent. A two- or three-year fully guaranteed contract. I think the Ravens would basically say, hey, listen, Kirk Cousins got three for 84, fully guaranteed. And other than that, you know, the only one is Deshaun Watson. And, and, and so what we should do is figure out a way either 2 or 3 years for a fully guaranteed contract which I believe the Ravens would do I'm I, I mean I'm I'm guessing but I think that the Ravens if they didn't have to go for you know say a 5 year deal I think the Ravens would do this as a bridge to getting Lamar Jackson done and the sales point for Lamar Jackson is you'd either at age 28 or 29 be a free agent again And let's just say that they squabble, didn't like it, all that other stuff. I'd say, okay, we won't tag you. You know, and I know the Ravens don't want to do that. But for the sake of having them for the next three years and then planning for the future beyond that, if indeed that's what happens, that's what you do. But my whole thing is nothing is working now. So I think a fully guaranteed contract for a shorter term is the only way that a bridge can be built in this situation. And here's the problem with that.
1: Not that I have an issue with your idea because it's a good idea. The problem with any deal other than the deal that Lamar wants could lead to an end result where Lamar isn't happy. And teams always want their players to be happy with their contracts. I don't think it's good for anybody, for Lamar Jackson, to capitulate And just throw his hands up and say, you win. I'll accept your offer. I just want this to be over with. But moving forward, he's not as happy as he would be or should be if he had gotten what he wanted. I wanted this and I didn't get it. I settled for this and I'm not happy. Because then you you run the risk of more... Absences from practices and games because of stomach issues. If there's any influence over that reality from the fact that he doesn't have the contract that he loves, the knee injury that he didn't come back from last year. And I've said, and I support him on this if you're less than 100% and you don't have your long term contract, don't risk it, don't come back. You shouldn't. And your agent, if you had an agent, would say, hey, my client shouldn't be expected to go out there and play at less than 100% when this team has refused and failed to give him the long-term contract he deserves. So if he's not happy, that's a problem. you got to get him happy. And this leads back to your point about the agent, Peter. Part of the job of the agent is to get the contract that makes the player happy, to make the player feel happy about the contract he gets, and ultimately, as you said, to have a strategy to get it. The Deshaun Watson contract did not fall out of the sky. His agents engineered a situation where he was able to get it. And step one was having the willingness to be the villain and say, Houston Texans, I am never playing for you again. And the agent was the go-between for that. The agent was the pincushion for that. Hey, Texans, he's never playing for you again. That was the first domino. And through all of the crap that happened over the past two years, and obviously it's died down now over the past eight, nine months, but the off-field issue... The 20-plus lawsuits, even through all that, they got the contract that Deshaun Watson wanted. They constructed a strategy and implemented it. That's what a good agent does. And the good agent, as you said, also controls the client, Peter, and knows how to get the client (coughs) to finally agree to the good advice the agent is giving him. It's not just go negotiate the best possible deal. It's then get your client to accept it. That was When I was practicing law, I loved – the clients who would defer to my advice. Hey, you're the expert. You know this. You do this all the time. If you think this is what we should do, this is what we'll do. That's what Lamar needs to have uh, someone telling him. I've evaluated the situation. I've looked at all your options. This is your best option. This is what you should do. And Lamar Jackson happily agrees to it. That's what he's missing in not having an NFLPA certified agent and a good one. There's bad ones, but... There, it doesn't take many phone calls to find out which are the best agencies to go out
2: and do a complicated quarterback contract. You know, there's one other point, Mike. I think that, uh, you know, you're one of the things that you just said really can't be underestimated. And that is, we're so far down the road now that if Lamar gets anything less, let's say the Ravens give him a, 3-year fully guaranteed contract for 140 or something whatever an average per year that is more than Deshaun or than Deshaun Watson but it isn't exactly what uh Lamar Jackson wants I'm reminded <clears throat> of a time late in the Brett Favre saga in Green Bay in 2008 when I was having a conversation with him and he was Basically, determining that he was going to go up to Green Bay. Remember, he retires in March of 2008. He wants to come back. The Packers say, sorry, Aaron Rodgers is our guy. And if you want to play, we're not going to release you. Because then you'd go to Minnesota or Chicago, which he would have done. Uh, We are going to trade you to another team. You tell us what team and we'll trade you there. But, but so, and, and, and at that moment, Favre was convinced that if I just play hardball, if I hang tough, if I, you know, if I do this, and he asked me in the middle of this, in the middle of this mayhem in 2008, he asked me, what do you think? And I said, Ted Thompson, who was the uh, Packers general manager, will be hung in effigy in Green Bay, if he releases you. So no matter how much you think that they owe you your release so you can go play wherever you want, Ted Thompson is the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. He isn't going to give you exactly what you want, but he'll trade you to you know one of 27 or 28 teams. Pick a team. And so at that moment, and I got the feeling that all Favre was hearing, from the people in his camp was hang tough, hang in there, they'll release you, they'll release you. And I said, to me, I think that's crazy. I've talked to Ted Thompson. I've talked to Mike McCarthy. They're not releasing you. And so that's sort of, in a way, what this reminds me of, that there's nobody, I don't think, in Lamar Jackson's camp who is telling him, It's not apples to apples, you and Deshaun Watson. It just isn't. It's a different story because of your injury situation. That's all there is to it. And unfortunately, he doesn't have people who are telling him that. And I'm not saying that I convinced Favre to do anything, because I didn't. But he just asked me what I thought, and I said, I think you're nuts if you think that the Packers are going to release you. And quite honestly... There need to be people who love and respect and care for the future of Lamar Jackson who will simply be honest with him. And I don't know, I, I don't know who he's talking to, Mike, but it doesn't sound like he's got anybody in his camp telling him the unvarnished truth.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. Ha. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star.
2: It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression.
0: The hope of rewriting history. Car. His calling car. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC,
1: USA and Peacock. And I think it's more than just pointing to the injury history and saying this is why teams don't want to give you a five-year fully-guaranteed contract. The reality is Deshaun Watson managed either deliberately or inadvertently to line up the planets in a way that got the Browns sufficiently desperate after they had pissed off Baker Mayfield. And the Browns were the first one out of the four finalists, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Browns, and they decided, screw it, let's put together an offer he won't refuse. How about five years Fully guaranteed $245 million. Let's do it. Let's make that offer. And they swooped back around, and they did it. So that's the thing that an agent would explain to Lamar. It doesn't just fall out of the sky. I believe that Lamar has consistently thought that everything he wants is just going to be handed to him. I shouldn't have to negotiate. I was the MVP in my second season. I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I shouldn't have to go out and have given taken take and back and forth. They should just give me what I want. I feel like that's been underpinning all of this. And on the other side of the coin is the Deshaun Watson reality. The league's blowback to it. Let's have a listen to Ozzie Newsom, who's no longer the Ravens GM, but he's still part of the organization. He knows what went down last year with the Deshaun Watson deal. Here he is talking to Bernie Kosar about the impact of Deshaun Watson's contract from a year ago. Well, you know what? I- I'm always about this. Every club has to do what they have to do with (laughs) contracts, with drafting. You know, I got enough problems dealing with this
2: club that, you know what, I can't, you know, uh, I I don't worry about what other people do. But, you know, our owner, you know, did say that, you know, that contract uh, did create some problems. Now, what we have to figure out, is that going to be the norm
0: or is that an outlier? And we don't know.
1: Is that going to be the norm or is that going to be the outlier? And there are some who believe that the owners are locking arms to prevent it from becoming the norm. They want it to be the outlier. They want it to be the aberration. Russell Wilson didn't get one from the Broncos. Kyler Murray didn't get one from the Cardinals. And now the Ravens refusing to give one to Lamar Jackson and no other team stepping in to offer him that fully guaranteed contract. And the real question is going to be, How many times is this battle fought? Will Joe Burrow try to get a fully guaranteed contract? Will will Justin Herbert try? Will Jalen Hurts try? Because I still think that, okay, if you give up on the thing that that you supposedly want, if you want that five-year fully guaranteed deal, and you say, I'll relent, you can parlay that into getting something else in your deal that maybe you otherwise wouldn't get. There are many different points of negotiation And if you give up on one, you get more somewhere else. If you draw a hard line on one, you get less somewhere else. So, you know, for and here's the other thing, too, Peter, for a lot of quarterbacks. Now, for today's most successful quarterbacks who have that mobility that enhances their ability to keep plays alive, to take the play that's called, and if it doesn't work, turn it into something on the fly, the artistry of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, etc., for the standard pocket passer, you don't need a fully guaranteed contract. The sta- you know, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Drew Brees, they're going to cash every check of the non-guaranteed years because the team isn't going to move on from them. The risk for the, the modern, highly successful player is you get the kind of injury that that either ends or limits your career or limits your abilities sufficiently that you're no longer as good as you used to be and then what are we paying all this money for? I think that's why there's resistance now. But not that long ago, it didn't matter if a quarterback lacked a fully guaranteed contract. He was still getting every penny. And maybe some of these guys, like a Joe Burrow, will say, I don't need a fully guaranteed contract. I'm going to make every penny. The Bengals are never going to cut me.
2: That Mike, you just said it all. Okay, here's the reason why if I were Joe Burrow and I were Justin Herbert. Look, <laughs> Joe Burrow... Uh, the one of the reasons why I think there's a chance, and I don't know, I have no idea what he's going to ask for in negotiations. But one of the reasons why I was standing with Jimmy Burrow <clears throat> the night before the AFC Championship game in January in a bar in Kansas City. He, he and some family members get together whenever they're in the same spot on the road. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so I saw... Jimmy Burrow and we're standing there talking and and uh and I, you know we were just talking and 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 I said to Jimmy I said you know I really I like Joe he's a uh, he is a real intense all football guy blah 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 and so we were, we were just talking about him and I just made the comment that I don't know if I'll ever be able to have the kind of relationship with Joe that I've had with some other quarterbacks where I got kind of close to him, was able to write really, uh, you know, sort of insightfully or deeply, whatever you would say. And and he said, and (laughs) Jimmy Burrow said, that's because all Joe cares about is, will this help him beat the Kansas City Chiefs? In other words, if he spends time with you, can he take something away that, Will help him beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Otherwise, he fulfills his media obligations and it's great, it's fine. But it's not like, hey, let's do such and such in the offseason or let's whatever. You know, it's just not anything that he's interested in, which is fine. Um, but that is why in this particular case, if I were Joe Burrow, I would think, hey, look, there's a one in five hundred chance that in the next five years, that the Bengals will cut me. So a guaranteed contract is insignificant for Joe Burrow, and I think also for Justin Herbert. The Chargers are not cutting Justin Herbert any time in the next four or five years. It's not, not happening. So I think them fighting for guaranteed contracts, I would rather, if I were Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, say to... You know, Duke Tobin and Mike Brown in Cincinnati, say to Tom Telesco and Dean Spanos with the Chargers, hey, look, I will do this. I will give you some relief on the guaranteed money, but I want something in return. And whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. But in Tom Brady's case, 20 years ago, 19 years ago, you know what it was, Mike? He said to Scott Pioli and to people with the Patriots, As long as you spend to the cap every year of this contract, I'm not going to be a pig at the trough. And that's not a direct quote, but that's in essence what he was saying. And so the Patriots gave him the whatever it was, the the ninth best quarterback contract in football, whatever it was. And everyone always used to say, geez, why does Peyton Manning and then later Drew Brees and or whoever why do they always make more money than and even Eli Manning? Why do they why are they making more money than Tom Brady? Because Brady was okay with that. You know, he wanted to make sure that this team spent and bought players that would help him win Super Bowls. <clears throat>
1: Well, and you're absolutely right. I think it could pivot to other factors. I've been a big proponent of a quarterback getting a percentage of the cap in lieu of a set dollar amount to ensure that his contract doesn't become obsolete. Go ahead and sign for 10 years. I could see Burrow doing that more than pushing for a fully guaranteed contract. But the union has been trying to get to that point. Lamar Jackson has been caught, excuse me, in the middle of that. Lamar Jackson's been caught in the middle of his own stubbornness. And now we'll see. We'll see if it changes anything, and I think that the events of the past two days, to me, further underscore that the strong likelihood here is, Peter, we're going to get to middle of July, and the question's going to be, can the Ravens and Lamar Jackson work out a long-term deal, and they probably won't, and then it's a one-year deal at $32.4 million. and then the question is, what else do the Ravens have to do to get him to show up,
2: because I don't that, think that's the whole point, Mike. I don't think he shows up to four. Right? I don't think he shows up. The question is, th- this is my big question about all this. Let's say the Ravens say, we'll give you one year, 50 million. What, invent a number, whatever it is. If I'm Lamar Jackson, if I'm not taking, let's say a two or three year guaranteed contract, I, this is just me. I doubt he's showing up for one year, anything. Okay. But that leads us to the question, Mike. Let's say that happens. Who's playing quarterback for the Ravens the second weekend of, of <laughs> September? I, I'm I'm serious. <laughs> you, I mean, you it, or it, me? It, so, so, but but no. But I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking to myself. Would the Baltimore Ravens basically say to and I'm going to invent a name? Say to Matt Ryan, "Don't do anything." Until you talk to us. Don't go sign as a backup somewhere, as a mentor to some court. Don't do anything until you talk to us. And look, I'm sure that we could think of other guys or other guys who they could trade a 5 for or a 5th round pick for or a 4th round pick, you know, a decent backup type. But my whole thing is, at some point, doesn't it have to be going through the mind of John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta, and Ozzie Newsom and Steve Bishotti, hey, this thing looks like it might, go, might, might, might go nuclear. It might. So if it does, who's playing quarterback? And, and by the way, while, every, while the, the two most prominent teams at least, Cincinnati getting Orlando Brown to play left tackle to make them better, Pittsburgh to get Isaac Sumalo at guard, one of the best guards in the NFL, and getting Patrick Peterson coming off a great year in Minnesota last year to strengthen the back end on defense. What have the Baltimore Ravens done? Absolutely nothing. Because that franchise number is really hamstringing them. And so that is the reason why, if you're the Ravens, you really have to start thinking, you know, are do we need to get an insurance policy? And the other thing is, Mike, if nothing is done by the time the draft rolls around, how about the Baltimore Ravens taking whoever the fifth or sixth quarterback is in the draft? Let's get Chris Sims on to talk about Hendon Hooker or whoever. You know, I, I don't know who it is, but the whole question is at some point the Ravens have to think of the alternatives. They do like Tyler Huntley. He's a restricted
1: free agent, so they could keep him for another year or sign him to a long-term deal. They could do that. Dollar for dollar, a lot less than Lamar Jackson. He's not as good as Lamar Jackson, but you pay
2: him a lot less and you try to build something around him. How do you feel about Tyler Huntley entering the season? I mean, really, entering the season is your starting quarterback. I got nothing against Tyler Huntley, and if he has to play, he has to play. But to go in with him is your 17-game plan – I don't think is uh, is I, and look they may do that, but I it doesn't seem to me to be a recipe for major success. Wow, L- let's let's
1: hope if I'm the Ravens, my season ticket renewal deadline has already come and gone before I tell them that Tyler Huntley is going to be the quarterback and not Lamar Jackson. That's part <laughs> of it too. You got to get your fans excited about your team, and if you're not going to have your franchise quarterback, how excited? Should they be about the situation? All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We alluded to this earlier. The proposals have been fully and finally announced, and what's in there arguably isn't as significant as what's not in there. We'll talk about the official 2023 ownership rule proposals when PFT Live continues right after this.